Okay, John 16 is our chapter that we were to have read today. And uh, this chapter presents Jesus' final words of instruction to his disciples before his prayer in chapter 17 and his betrayal and arrest in chapter 18. So let's think about some of what we find here in chapter 16. Uh, the first thing I'd want to think about is the work of the Holy Spirit. This chapter contains perhaps the most extended discussion from Jesus about the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he speaks of the Holy Spirit's work in bringing con conviction of sin in verses 8 through 11. Uh, but out of all that Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, there's one statement that encompasses all of it. In verse 14, Jesus says this about the Holy Spirit. He will glorify me and uh, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you interestingly there was a very similar statement in the last chapter in John uh, 15 verses 26 and 27 where Jesus said the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will bear witness about me and you will also bear witness those are instructive um statements from Jesus regarding the role and work of the Holy Spirit and it's important for this reason because the crux of those statements is this the Holy Spirit desires to glorify and make much of Jesus by making us more like Jesus that's what the Holy Spirit does you you can often find people who talk much about being filled with the Holy Spirit um, going on and on about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, perhaps speaking in tongues, etc., and anything else about the Holy Spirit. But Jesus is saying here that when, when the Holy Spirit came, when the Holy Spirit would do his work in people, the result would not be that they would talk a lot about the Holy Spirit, but that they would talk a lot about Jesus. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's desire and work is to bear witness about Jesus and glorify Jesus. When the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, your eyes will be more firmly fixed on Jesus. When the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, you will know you will have a stronger desire to be more like Jesus. When the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, your words will more naturally talk about Jesus. That is what it looks like when a person is filled with the Spirit. Next, let's think about this phrase when Jesus says, he will guide you into all truth. Um, it, this is something that Jesus says about the Holy Spirit in verse 13, that could easily be taken out of context and misunderstood. Here's what Jesus says in, in verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now, some might take this out of context, or the context in which Jesus said it, and fundamentally misunderstand what that actually means and what Jesus is actually saying. When Jesus there says the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth, we need to understand that Jesus wasn't saying that directly to us but rather he was saying it directly to his disciples many of whom would be the ones who would go on to write much of our new testament he was saying that to matthew who would write a gospel account to john who would write a gospel three letters and the book of revelation and to peter who would contribute two letters of his own to the new testament it was most directly they to whom the holy spirit would guide into all truth it was most directly they back in john fourteen twenty six, to whom jesus said of the holy spirit he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that i have said to you the holy spirit would guide them into all truth and would bring to their remembrance all that jesus 
said and he would do so supernaturally so that they would be equipped to write uh, accurately what would become much of our New Testament. And because Jesus made that promise directly to them and because they wrote these things down in Scripture, which we still have today, that promise that he made to them finds its fulfillment also in us when we open up and read the Spirit-inspired Scriptures, the same truth he revealed to them, he was revealing to us. He revealed it to them uh, as they wrote, and he reveals it to us as we read. He does not reveal to us new truth that he did not reveal to them. He guided them into all the truth, and hence we have in the Scriptures all we need to know. That's a wonderful assurance. Lastly, let's think about failure and forgiveness. Failure and forgiveness. This chapter ends with a very somber uh, prediction, but also a hopeful reminder. In verse 32, Jesus predicts that upon his death, even his most faithful followers would desert him for a time. And you see that also, that thought in uh, Matthew 26, 31, in the Old Testament in Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7. Uh, he says, Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered each to his own home and will leave me alone. I mentioned Zechariah 13, 7. Zechariah prophesied, prophesied that time, a time was coming uh, where uh, it says, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. And we know that Peter denied Jesus three times before he even went to the cross. The encouragement for us here, though, is that even though we are often as unfaithful to the Lord as his own disciples were that night, he is just as faithful to us as he was to them. He told his disciples back in chapter 15, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And the same is true for us. The Lord has freely chosen to bestow his grace on us, and he chose us in full knowledge of our sins and shortcomings. The Lord had not finished his work in those disciples when they scattered, and he is not finished with us. On the cross, Jesus freed us from the penalty of sin. Through his resurrection, Jesus freed us from the power of sin. And when he comes again, we will fully and finally be freed from the very presence of sin. And until that day, we need to remember the words of 2 Timothy 2.13, that if we are faithless, he remains faithful. What a great Savior we have. And that we have that picture of him in John chapter 16.